Hello, listeners. Hello, everybody. It's so good to see you again. Welcome back to the one and only podcast dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the world. Advanced Squad Leader, don't you know? Yes, quite. I'm David. And I am Sir Jeffrey. It's very good to be back with you, David. And it's good to have y'all listening audience back, too. I think they're back. Hard to tell. Hopefully you're all back for episode 226, The Two Half Squads. Yeah. And the date is something or other. No, let's not say the date. It's I July. I always liked it, but... It's July. Okay, we could say, like... July of 2019. Yeah, so people yeah. know. Yeah. Like, oh, these guys are just learning that. Yeah. And you'll know, like, your contests don't apply anymore. Right. Yeah, your, your contests don't apply anymore. Speaking of contests, we do have a contest going on right now. we got lots more contests oh. coming up in the future, but right now we've got a good one. And it'll so, be ending very soon, July 31st. Yes. So if you are listening and you have a Twitter account and you would like to win a free set of Polish counters from Broken Ground Design. All you have to do is go into your Twitter account and tweet something with a hash- hashtag of T2HS polls. That's P O L E S. T2HS polls. Hashtag. Just do that and we'll put you in the drawing. And so far, wow, have we had a lot of response. No. No. That was a question. I, I think that was not a rhetorical question. There, Have we had a lot of response? There's a not no. as well by this time we were recording too early. We don't know. Could could be many more. But we anticipate it's a smaller prize. Yeah. Surprisingly, specialty item. Surprisingly, and President it's on Twitter. President Trump has not responded to our contest. Has not surprisingly because yes, yeah. he's big into Twitter. Yeah, and he's he's up late, and I know he'd be great to play ASL with. He don't would you be. think? Yeah. Indeed. Except his knowledge is huge. I think he'd cheat. No, <laughs> come on. He's a good guy. So, yeah, there's a lot going on in the world. Dave, are you but, starting to watch or pay attention to the Democratic? Nope, nope. No? Nope. Too, too many people. Too early? Yep. You know, too early for you? No party represents me, Jeff, you remember. Dave's no got his own party. party. I'm going to start my own. I think you should. I party of one. <laughs> Something with a view of the ocean. If you please. Yeah. Well, far too many people to even think about, you know, and there's just, a, it's, I don't know, it's frustrating. We do need more parties, right? You agree with well, these there guys is, on this and then that guy on yeah. this and then that guy on that. And you cannot put them all together. I do see flaws with the two-party system, other than the fact that people like things simple. You know, the American public, the average person, let's say, would likes things simple, two parties, you know. That's good. Three parties, you're starting to tax people's ability to keep things straight. If you go over that, you're sunk. Had we talked? Don't you think? Before, no, I don't think so. Okay, (laughs) I don't. But I. I'm going to erase all this. I should look at someone's foreign country's experience with multi parties. But I know in Ireland, I heard a podcast on voting and it's do we do this last show already no Two, like last month no you, not that i'm aware of you can vote for multiple people and then they all rank oh really so in the first round you just drop out your absolute lowest and then your second round oh. 
Well, that's interesting. This woman had ended up winning an election that only she won because by the time you pit her against the other two top dogs, even though she was a second and third choice, she was a first choice over them ah. for a majority. So it's just a ranking, and yeah. it, it just it, it seems to work a lot better. I think that's an interesting than idea. Just binary choice. That'd be hard changing that. So. That's you know, and that's part of the problem is you come up, you can come up with a better idea. But getting anything in motion and getting it passed and in place, oh my gosh, yeah. huge. I think that would be challenging. Yeah, very. Now, you're in our big Civil War game, correct? With yes, Mike I will and... be playing, in, and I've never played. This is coming up. Mike Rizzi is uh, hosting something at his house. Great Campaigns of the American Civil War is the uh-huh. series, which it's I think MMP. comes from MMP. Is oh, that yes, right? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Give us a bell, Dave. Oh, it sure, it sure does. Yep. So thank you, MMP, for that. I've never played this game, and I mentioned a couple episodes ago that I really don't know anything about the Civil War. I don't know much about the Civil War. It's never... You haven't studied it in detail. No, it's never been of interest to me, for whatever reason. I I don't know why that is. I think I'm in a very small minority. Well, of war gamers, not not of average Americans. No. But uh, so I decided that I wanted to know more. So I asked Mike Rizzi for a recommendation for a book, and he recommended Battle Cry of Freedom, the Civil War Era, by James McPherson. I think I called him Richard McPherson on a previous episode, but I couldn't remember his name. Rich Spilkey heard that, and he seconded the motion that this is a great book. Have you read this one, Dave? Do you happen to I or remember? Not, uh, the, I remember I, the title. I'm sure you've read I think the title is also a more. game, maybe a Milton Bradley. No, that could game be or something. But I'll check it while you tell me about that book. No, I did not read it. Well, and I have not read much. I'm only on page fifty-two. But and I was a little worried going into it. I will admit because mm-hmm. it's one of those, you know, first the preface and then the forward and then the all the other the editor's introduction and then the prologue. And then, finally, uh, Chapter 1, which is a coverage of the United States at mid-century. Kind of just an overview, very, very broad overview of what was going on in the United States in mid-century, 18, uh, 1900s. So, uh, it's 1900s, right? Yeah. It is, 18th indeed. Century, 1900s. And so, 19th century, I should say. Yep, not yep, 1900s. No, correct. 19th yes, century, right. 1800s. 1800s. I still find that confusing. My brain is too small. The game I'm thinking of, Jeff, was Battle Cry. Battle Cry was a Milton Bradley game. I remember that uh-huh, game. Uh-huh, I think so. Yeah, no. I never played it. This says it's been put out again by Avalon Hill Games and Wizards of the Coast. Wow. Or at least on Board Game Geek. 150th Civil War Anniversary Edition from 2010. Huh, how about that? Battle Cry. That Battle was Cry. the game. My brother had it. I don't remember liking it as much as those other Milton Bradley games. Mm. Dogfight. I liked a lot. I don't remember Dogfight. We it. didn't have war games when I was a kid. Well, we played Army, but games. we didn't have board war games. Huh, because they were kind of just like board games. Yeah, dog yeah, fight. yeah. I do have it. I bought it on eBay oh, you for do. like 50 bucks one year. We'll have to do that some night. Have a beer and beat up. play yes, dogfight. I'm in with you. Yeah, but back to your book, sir. 
Yeah, anyway, I read the first chapter, and it was actually mostly fascinating, where he talks about all of the changes that were going on in the United States during this period with immigrants coming in and complete changes in economics and socioeconomic structures where people were coming from uh, livelihoods of being farmers and artisans and then suddenly this new these new concepts of working for wages you know going somewhere and getting an hourly wage yeah and it it says this very different from what Thomas Jefferson considered freedom because when Thomas Jefferson was talking about freedom and I'm probably getting this at least partially wrong he was talking about how every american should have a farm and grow their own food and make all their own stuff and maybe you sell a little bit of stuff here and there and trade with you barter with your neighbors but that's what freedom was he didn't think freedom was going to a factory and working and coming home Correct. And having the bank get a lot of money and the owners of the company getting a lot of money. So anyway, this thing, uh, the first chapter talks about all these changes that were going on in the United States. And it's absolutely fascinating. And it reminds me of when I read, I got halfway through, I think, the rise and fall of the Third Reich. Oh, mm-hmm. And I remember the first couple of chapters in that also being absolutely fascinating, giving an overview of what the global situation and what Germany was like going through in that time. And I loved that part. So I was very happy to see uh, a similar thing in Battle Cry of Freedom. And what was really interesting was back in the 1850s, 1820s to 1850s, they worried about stuff like people were going to be out of work because all this automation was coming up. Oh, wow. Those are the same things we're talking about now. People were were terribly worried and upset because the banks owned so much stuff. The banks had so much control. They had well, so much money. That's even worse now. Same stuff I mean, going on now. Oh, wait. You can lay a lot of that at the feet of the banks. You they, can. Yes, you can. absolutely. And, and individual American purchasing houses they can't afford. But Talked about the huge gap and the widening gap between the very rich and the very poor. And why are there so many poor people when there's so many rich people? And all these things that are still pertinent today. We're still fighting those same things today, which is really sad (laughs) because I have been watching a little bit, and I'm not a big political guy, but I've been watching a a candidate on the Democratic ticket named uh, Andrew Yang. He's my my guy. Very interesting guy. And he talks a lot about automation, putting people out of work, millions of Americans are going to be put out of work because of self-driving trucks, self-driving cars, and because Amazon every year keeps eating up 20 or $30 billion of retail jobs, which retail jobs is one of the biggest, biggest places for Americans to work. What's going to happen with all these people? Same kind of stuff was going on in the 1820s through the 1850s. So really, really interesting I loved the first chapter, so I'm really looking forward. And I understand it only gets better from here. So I'm really looking forward to this book. Well, hopefully, yeah, indeed. Um, Because, yeah, the battles you're talking about, I realize, too, in my old age, there's there's, there's progress made, like we don't have slavery. Right. So you'd have to say there's been progress made. Yeah. Child labor, et cetera. But then it... It happens still in small places around the world, so it's not totally 
exempt and the income gap you know it stretches way out there still and then it, it kind of maybe we do some things to bring it back together and then it stretches way out you know it's like regulations you know they get a bad rap of course and they deserve some of it but some of the regulations are very good things yeah right so it's an example i heard was taking a big bank regulation that's needed to prevent you know future economic catastrophe kinds of things from happening yeah. but then to apply it wholesale to small banks doesn't make as much sense or it's a, it's a burden on the smaller banks yeah. and things like that but but I, it's like a kind of told Laura you know we <laughs> you're you are in a constant struggle and it it just you think you've made look at abortion and you know my opinion has changed over the years but it it's still an issue and you thought maybe well that's settled yeah right that's done right and now here you are going wow guess the people who disagree have not given up you know and you thought maybe they would just say well that's the law of the land i gotta deal with it as much as i may not like it but it's just yeah and it's a it's a struggle for you know just how much tax money do you want to spend and how much do they not want you to spend and yeah you know even the arguments just about government big government small government it just goes forever back and forth back and forth back and forth yeah again you think it's kind of done like oh this is done now we have this and nope there's someone somewhere wanting to get it gone i think yes because add something new when you think everything's okay now so yeah and I understand that. I, I mean, some of those laws, a, a lot of laws are put in place to prevent people from abusing common sense and decency, the ideas of decency. Um, but a lot of people suffer under that, too, because they, they'll put a law into effect like you were talking about the banks. And yeah, we should keep the big banks from pulling all our strings. Yeah, or taking all our certain investment money and using yeah. it recklessly yeah. and having a safe yeah backup you know to it's the whole bloody thing is just so complicated <laughs> well that's true so it's a good thing it's broken into separate segments or yeah. compartments or departments or jobs or however you want to say it but um also i the realization you had there was we were talking about globalization back before China was so huge. Yes, right. Remember when it was a new thing in China and we got to learn to speak foreign languages and the school wanted right. to get rid of French because that wasn't the future. They wanted to bring in Asian languages and all this debate going on. And then I was showing a clip I show every year to the kids on the Americans getting involved with the, taking the Philippines as a colony. Yes. You know, in the debate in Congress which passed by one vote to take the Philippines as a colony. Two points I can make with that. Well, one, the president went around and McKinley and made speeches to Americans saying, we have to learn foreign languages. We have to become Mm -hmm. this way. And that was, what was that, 1890-something, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And then I was like, oh, we were just talking about that now. <laughs> Americans have to learn foreign languages. We have to become global uh, yeah. competitors, you know. So, yeah, it does just go, seems to go around and go around. Um, it seems new to us when it's happening. But I remember back in uh, the 80s, 1980s, when we thought I, I was in 
the the business I was in, we thought Japan was going to take over. Well, like was yes. going to buy the entire United yes, States. Exactly. I remember they were buying country clubs and they were buying real estate, all mm-hmm. hotels and resorts and all kinds of things because they had this. They had a lot of money to spend. And we were really thinking, wow, Japan as a country is going to like just eat up the United States. And then that, you know, then that all shifted and they've had their share of uh, recession and all kinds of financial issues yeah. ever since then. They overspent and low birth rates and now they yeah. can't pay for services or social security. they got old people and no young people and... Yeah. All kinds of factors, and taken over by China, you know, I mean, the uh, competition. Yeah. Well, the only thing I can think of to solve this whole thing, or it just makes me feel better, is that in January, the state of Illinois is going to legalize uh, marijuana. Boy, now you're really getting controversial. We are going to get a ton of letters on this this show. And I just think we can all lay back... And just not worry about it anymore, Dave. It's all going to be good. <laughs> At least. For- Who's running? Yeah, man. Why know, are you man. running, man? Nobody should be running. I just care about my own world. Which, and Jeff, you don't even have to legalize pot to have a bunch of Americans. They're not distracted by that. They're distracted by their... Twitter accounts. Yes. And their Facebook. True enough. Well, I I will talk to you off microphone about that (laughs) legalization of marijuana because that whole thing is very interesting as well. And I think we we, we might get a lot more ASL players at the next ASL Open. (laughs) You know? They'll be coming here because in between games they can have a little happy... Well, I know there's a yeah. few guys that are yeah. still doing that. Now. Yeah. And they're good players, too. Sure. <laughs> Who are we to say? Yeah. You know, Jeff, this show is also brought to you by the wonderful people at Bounding Fire Productions. Bounding Fire Productions are the makers of fine quality products. Products such as... Poland in Flames and Operation Schmidt. <laughs> We're Crucible of Steel. Uh, Crucible of Steel, one of my, yeah, actually one of my favorites. Just think of our other ad when we were disco dancing. Beyond the Beachhead. Love Beyond the Beachhead. You just said that. Tales you from the said, Attic. Just oh, said, you just said that attic. to get out of having to come up with another game name. <laughs> um, Bungle in the Jungle. No, Bungle in the Jungle. <laughs> that's what blood we ju- call blood, it. Yeah, we call it that, but Blood and Jungle. And jungle great pack, and that's still I'm going to yeah. play more. I'm going to get to playing those now, finally, because I still haven't finished all my Into the Rubbles. Bounding Fire. Bounding Fire Productions. Buy it. Or else. And that song means there's letters from our valued listeners. 
We love each and every one of you. Adam is playing this especially for you. Doing so well. Is Adam going to send us a, uh, like, is he working on a second verse? No. Oh. He is not playing now. Oh, he's not. What a talent. He could have gone so far. He could have. On the xylophone. Indeed. <laughs> so this means it is time for letters. Let us begin. I have one from Rick Reinish. Oh. He's explaining the Ferocity Fest point sheet. For example, a scenario, Streets of Stalingrad. Perhaps you've heard of it? I have heard of it. And then what they do is they break this down into scoring different point values. And he has titles on these. So like Command and Conquer. For the Germans, a partial loss scenario. Germans would do a draw in scenario B and lose in scenario A. Remember, there's two-part scenarios right. in Streets of Stalingrad. It was the tractor works and something else. And then the partial loss for the Russians would be they have a draw and in B and lose in A. Ten value points. And then, like, a, a decisive victory, Germans win both of them. And the opposite of that for the Russians, and that's 30 points. The next topic is let God sort them out. <laughs> I'm kind of getting this idea. He was telling us someone was explaining this to us before. We weren't quite sure about it, but if you play the under this God's let God sort them out column, the combat victory points total two times for each point. So if you score ten and I score twenty, I get forty. You get twenty points in this kind of ferocity fest. I don't know. I'm assuming this is all cumulative. Mm for a victor at the end of the tournament. Whereas if you're playing conserve the troops, you're adding up the guys left alive. As points, does this make sense? I, it kind of makes sense, so like, yeah. yeah Gotta sort them out. You want to be very aggressive and kill people. Conserve the troops. Mm. Um, Rip them a new one is titled. And it says, this, for the German, the sniper kills enemy leader, must exclaim... I'll say this for him. He had a lot of guts to score these points. So you're yelling things out loud during the tournament. Oh, also, I've heard of it. Yeah, Rich also, has talked about this. Too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're right. That's what, yeah. He yes. Was, yeah. Okay. And he sent us the actual score sheet. Okay. And then on the opposite side, of course, the Russians kill a sniper. They must yell ah. out loud, right? And if we look at another column, uh, some like it hot. This one is... Flamethrower kills an AFV, or etc. etc. You must scream out loud. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick to score <laughs> seven points. Wow. Or for the Russian, it's the Molotov has to kill the same conditions. Then and he must yell. How about a light to score these extra bonus points? So that's the that. Now that just sounds fun. It sounds fun. What if you're meek? You're not going to win this. Yeah, okay. If you're not willing to, it's the ferocity fest. Yeah. Okay. That's the 2018 point sheet for Streets of Stalingrad. We should keep this start in our mailbox and gather up, make it a mandatory passel session. Consider it done. And everyone has to play this. I have a letter here from Tom H. Tom writes and says, uh, he wrote on... 
uh, episode 222, in the comments section, he wrote and said, I just got back into the hobby and just found your podcast. I'm looking forward to more and I have quite a lot of catching up to do. Thanks. Well, Tom, I think that's great that you're getting back into the hobby. We'd like to know more. So maybe just send us a little, another little message. Maybe give us your gaming history. Tell us why you got out and why you're getting back in and where you're at and etc. And we'll read more on the air. Mm Mm-hmm. Welcome back. Um, also, then I have from uh, Dustin Witches. Yep. I remember how to pronounce that from our previous yeah. shows. Long time no talks, gents. I'm getting back in ASL after a six or seven year hiatus. I wanted to check standings on the ASL ladder, but can't seem to find it. Do we happen to know what happened to it? He says, I vaguely remember Mark Humphreys running it. And then, P.S., I finally played a PIF scenario and used my counter. Pulling in flames. Oh, yes. And he broke instantly. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> and he says he has a lot to catch up to do, and he says we two have been busy. Yes, we have. But um, anyway, let's find that ASL ladder. Someone's got to email us and let us know where that yeah. is right now. And yeah. It's still active. So listeners, we're asking you for help. Help. And we'd like to remind everyone to please support us on Patreon. Yes, thank you. And this show is brought to you by kind donations by listeners from listeners like Anja. Thank you very much for that kind donation. He's actually the, if I pronounce that right, he's from the organizers of the German Conscripts Tournaments, Conscripts Tournament. They had a little budget left over and sent it to us, so thank Thank that you. is isn't really that, isn't that cool? Really, really, really nice. Thank you very much. Yes, we're going to have to. Nice to uh, know that we're getting that support from them. Have to link their group. Oh, I think I searched for their group. I don't think I came up with a very good website. Mm, yeah. So, Anja, if you have a link to your group, we'd like to put it on our website. Yes, we would indeed. And the other conscripts are the DC conscripts. And we have found this, I found this ASL in the Scenario Archive, which is fascinating to get into and look at. And with detail, we'll do it on a future show. But there is a magazine that we will link. A little fanzine called Red Banner. It's the first quarter 2017 issue, number one. So this is pretty new. And it's a quarterly fanzine from the DC Conscripts ASL Club. And in it, you will find the opening, Commissar's Call Welcome. And then he talks about the game club there. The members, um, how it used to exist, and then it got slow, and then they're trying to get it restarted, looking for places to meet, your normal kind of fanzine stuff. But also then a um, proletariat pundit's uh, asking about um, just uh, the kind of what the tone of this fanzine is going to be, um, and the small unit actions during the German campaign in Russia is a new article, and what he has here is um, a synopsis of a small unit actions during the German campaign in Russia by General Burkhardt Müller Hildebrand, and it was fascinating read. So I'd recommend it to everybody. 
talking about, you know, when it's a scenario designer's gold mine, he says here, you can take sources like this to create core of a new scenario and then cross-check with other um, sources to polish it up. And But it's a German view of the Russian soldier from the war. Mm. So it's like his character. And you're, as I'm reading this, I'm wondering, like, how stereotypical is this, you know, or, you know, the Slav psyche. Mm. Right? Yeah. You know, is it really that different from any other national psyche? Uh, I'm sure in some ways. But also, Russia was such a vast area and had peoples from different portions of it. I'm sure they were all different. People from cities being different than people, I'd imagine, don't you think, that live oh, sure. on a farm? Yeah. Or do a lot of hunting versus Russians that don't. But anyway, kinship with nature is a topic. Frugality. And then physical fitness. So, again, this is just a fascinating way to uh, look at how that was depicted from the German point of view. Uh-huh. Interesting. And uh, then he talks about the deep snow and extreme winter rules because they're going to introduce a scenario. And they have a scenario in here called Wave Upon Wave. And uh, I haven't looked, you know, played it. I looked it over. It's basically lots of Russians coming out against some German machine guns and mortar and ATG, way outnumbering the Germans, like 20 to 5 or something. Wow. Squads. But they have a lot of support weapons, so I'm assuming those can mow down lots of uh, the human waves coming out in this scenario, wave after wave. And there's an after-action report about their game day, December 31st, 2016. And some photos from the DC conscripts. Just stumbled upon this thing, you know, Googling something else. Yeah. And got to this uh, archive and found it. So I'll post a link to that. Oh, good. And everyone can enjoy it. Yeah, I'll take a look, too. We got a couple of emails here, which is is nice, uh, on episode 223, Simply Spilky, where I had messed up on the soundboard, so part of the audio was not as good as it could have been, and I kind of uh, made it a point of uh, apologizing for that, but a couple people wrote and said, don't feel bad. You know, the audio wasn't actually all that bad. Some minor echo, but not as bad as some YouTube videos. So that's good to know. I'm a bit of a perfectionist. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah, keep that support coming for for Jeff there. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> I, I too thought that when I'm listening. I'm like, well, that's not so bad. Yeah. You know. But it's nice to try and keep the show uh, professional. We, we like the sound it's quality. hard for oh, us, I suppose. Yes. And I have one from Alan. He left a comment saying, um, just enjoyed the uh, review of the broken ground design counters, uh, as always. But he says, points out that as for the armor fighting vehicle names, they are also on the rec side of the counters, which we didn't point oh, out. Oh, right. And clarifies that the plus one Romanian broken morale side, which we talked about on the Romanian encounters, mm-hmm. is for when they face the Hungarians, and then the Hungarians also get that when facing the Romanians, when they fight them in Hungary. Ah, okay. So that clarifies um, what we were talking about several shows ago. Yes. And I think... Thank you, Alan. That is it. That's it for letters. Thanks, everybody, for writing. Keep them coming, and we will keep reading them. Now we have a little bit of business from the last show that we needed to clear up so let's jump back into the box whoa we're going into the box it's been sitting here on the desk 
in the broadcast foxhole exactly like this for about two weeks. <laughs> so we're just going to pick up right where we left off. Indeed we are. So let's get those red factories out. So what's next? We looked at a couple of counter sheets last time, just counter sheets five and six. And we decided, obviously, the rest of the counter sheets were pretty much just going to be the... De rigueur, as we say. Yeah, the whole OBA for the Russian yeah. and Germans, right. the complete order of battle. Um, you know, Jeff, I would like to clarify about Red Factories, which we neglected to do. Oh, let's do. Uh, originally, the first historical game ever was called... Red, Red Barricades. Barricades okay. right. That was 1990, if I remember correctly. Wow. And uh, it was a... F- That's like 10 years ago. Yeah. It seems <laughs> like it, doesn't it? It does. And so it had the three campaign, campaign games and scenarios. And so it um, they wanted to reissue that and then include with it this new game again red october so combined they are red factories okay um looking on mmp's website they do point out that uh playtest uh, person in charge was gary fortenberry so thank you gary ding ding and uh that the two modules are in one package uh the source files for red barricades were lost so charlie kibler redid the maps so we're going to be taking a look at these big maps yeah How about that? And uh, there were some clarifications in errata that are now included with Red Factories. And a fourth campaign game is also included. So we're looking at four maps, eight counter sheets, four chapter dividers. You have two of those. I have the other two here. Uh, seven campaign games now, four for Red Barricades. Three come with Red October. So in here there's seven. And the um, list of the scenarios here and i noticed this on the website is the and we would discover it today there is a remember my love of the last bid yes the giant scenarios yes scenario uh in this is one called men of steel and it is combining the last bid and the red october scenario men of steel can can be combined to make one giant scenario. And what do, what do so, they call the giant scenario? Oh, just well, like don't the have, gigantic red thing? It doesn't thing? say, yeah. It's just the, the Men of Steel is going to be the equivalent to the last bid. Okay. There was the first bid, right. which came out in the Valor of the Guard, so I played last bid. I played first bid because I don't do campaign games yet. Well, now do I play just Men, men of Steel? I would say yes. Or do I play it combined with the last That's bid? too much for you. No. You're not worthy. You can do it with me, Jeff. Okay. It would take one year. Oh, my gosh. 40 planes. Yeah. I mean, remember what the last bid was like? Well, you remember Pegasus, or no, you did the um, Arnhem. Arnhem Bridge, yeah. Yep, yep. And that was shorter than the last yeah. bid. Yeah, that was pretty easy so. to do, really, and very fun. So anyway, now they actually have another huge scenario wow. can be combined. So... You know, ASLers all over the world just must have been so excited to pick this, <laughs> to, to get this. And I did not order this because I knew you were getting it. Oh, yeah. And I just thought, well, I'll just play yours, Dave. And you were hoping MMP <laughs> would send you a copy. Yeah, I'm always holding out hope for that. Per- peruse on the show. Yeah. 
always holding out hope for that. But no, I'll just it's all right. I'll just sit here by myself, <laughs> not care. So we've got some a few things to look through. Some dividers. How many dividers come in the box? Four. Okay. I just have the campaign game force organizer dividers for the Germans and the Russians. Oh, that's where you can like lay out all your stuff? Right. So as you're doing the campaign game, there's a box here for casualties. There's a uh, box here for fortification counters, uh, for retained, I guess, retained forces between uh, campaign game scenarios. A spot for win rune... <laughs> Wounded leaders. I haven't even had anything to drink. Wounded leaders and heroic single man counters, malfunctioned weapons, captured weapons. I tell you, there's something wrong. Weapons. Yeah. Here we go. I need my polygrip. Boy. Polygrip. And there's one of these for. I do. I do. I have them all. I keep them in my pocket. <laughs> so uh, this, and it's the same thing for yeah, the, the Russians. Russians. So. Yeah, we've got to have those. Although, yeah. again, I've never used those. Oh, no? No, oh, I haven't done a campaign game. No, yet, at so. all. Yes, okay. Yeah. Well, I have one on the back. What's on the back here? Is this more force organizer? Yeah, it's the same thing on both sides. Um, does it have entering RGs and casualties on it? Uh, it does, yeah, it yes. Does. Okay. So, on the back of these is the maps. So, you know, the, you get a miniaturized version of the whole yeah, field of battle. I love it. It's I'm not beautiful. Sure. Is it useful? It I is. always wonder. Yeah. Is that I, I really like that, too, but is it useful? You, you can Xerox it in like is that legal? black and white, and you can circle where your hidden stuff is. Okay. Here, let me see. Yeah, now if this what I'm handing you yeah. is the original red barricades. I recognize fighting for these buildings. Uh, yeah, the scully thing on the that's right. I attacked this direction against Dave Timmon, and I can remember this. Okay, so that's the original red barricades map done in miniature, and then this. Yeah, one, I guess you could you could Xerox this. You could. Or I should say photocopy. Uh, oh yes, photocopy yes. this, and then. Uh, I assume that's allowed by MMP. But they include a turn marker? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Well, I guess it would be useful, like you say. Probably just to record your hidden stuff. Yeah. I oh. do. Actually, that I would find that very useful. Or you could carry this on the train with you when you ride to work. Yeah. <laughs> just or, to no. impress people? No. To, to pre-look at, like, if you know you're doing the whole board, why not? Take it and examine where you might set up a defense. Okay. Well, that's you good. Know? What if you don't you ride the train? You can do it while you're driving. Okay. Yourself to yeah. work. Yeah. Just don't look at your phone. <laughs> you can look at your map sheets. Yeah. There's no law against that right now. You know, actually, I do like this idea because I dislike writing down the coordinates of hidden units. And then I always forget. Yeah. I, I can... Uh, I forget. So that, a quick glance to the left okay. on your table or down on your chair next to you. And then here's your Red October. Now, this has now been added in to combine with Red Barricades. Wow. And somehow this will match up with that. Yeah, see it, see if you can match these. That's what I was going to try to do. I don't see it matching. It's like a uh, puzzle. 
Wait, let's use our intelligence. Oh, no. That's, we are going to be in trouble. Okay, let's start with the Volga River. It's at the, this edge of the of the battlefield, okay, right? Okay, well, you've got that much. Okay. That's good. And then look, here's where the river disappears. So let's try to put, no, 45, 48, row 48. Oh, look, I, I got they... it. I got it. Yes, they match right here. Oh, they do. Okay. Oh, I see uh, it. See that yes, little I gully? see it. I see it. Overlap that yeah. little gully. And Gadsooks, that's a that's monstrous a monster map. map. So it's kind of like two city areas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with different things were all over on this side. So exciting! You're going to need four. This. It's got to be four people. Two people could not play that. I don't think. Oh no! The well, combined. You shouldn't try. I don't. Don't even try. <laughs> We're issuing this warning. This is a public service announcement. Do not try playing both scenario, both uh, the gigantic campaign game, which they call Red Big Thing or whatever <laughs> they call it. I don't know if they if they don't have a name, they should. Combined. It, it's probably on a scenario card. We might find oh, out yeah, today. We'll, if we okay, have time we'll find out. Then we have sheets of overlays. What kind of overlays? Overlay, overlay. Well, I have overlays of factories. Yeah, Red October. Yeah, I've got Red, Red October gutted factory sheet gutted. two is the one I'm looking at. So, so. my under, someone told me, I think Mr. Fork or somebody, that like when these buildings burn out, they change from the board depictions. Okay, which are... Not burned out. Not burned out. So then you can just lay <laughs> that down now. Yeah. I think. Okay, that makes sense. And what kind of buildings do you got? I got... Well... This I, is all Red October, so I have the Martin Ovens Open Hearth Furnaces building. Calibration. It's a rolling mill, strip mill. Hmm. Hall 19, Hall 8, or that's 9, 8, plate mill, projectile manufacturing factory. Wow. So that's the history of that. And this one you got to cut and cut this out and combine it. It's the really long building. Oh, right. On the Red October. I have another Red October. Here, why don't you do the other Red October sheet, and then I'll do the Red. Oh, no, there's three more. There's a wire manufacturing yeah. hall, yeah. a long factory building, anonymous. Uh, rolling shop. I don't know what they made there. Hall one, whatever that was. But I'll have to read some history to find out. Yeah, I would actually like to know what all this is now that I'm looking at this. Yeah, and I've got uh, more overlays for the consumer goods warehouse, the blooming mill, the sorting shop in the strip rolling mill. The sorting shop is that where they they sit you down and they put a hat on you? Yes, and then it. it Come on, that was a good one. Someday, yes, yes, it was. Someday they're going to have overlays of shopping malls that have been deserted. For zombie games. Yeah. The deserted shop. Here's the deserted Macy's department store. Here's the empty Mrs. K's cookies. Is it gutted, though? Or yeah, the gutted. It? Yep. Everything gut. The gutted gap. That's all coming. Amazon is putting us all out of business. Now, from, from Red Barricades, I think this is more information. I don't remember actually learning what all the different halls were. Maybe I didn't read my notes or study my history well enough. But Yeah, I actually uh, don't casting, remember that Casting a foundry I... hall, a gun tube thermal processing and deburring hall, another foundry hall. Yeah, gun tube. Yeah, so there's 
that's what was over on the red barricade side a workshop warehouse and there's two sheets of over gutted factory overlays for mine are both red barricades here yeah i've got a red barricades one so there's here. three three yeah. sheets there's a manufacturing hall a workshop warehouse a manufacturing hall with miscellaneous workstations those are like computer stations yeah they sat at their that's right cubby holes and yeah some of them are, oh standing desks for, no you're making <laughs> yeah i'm making that up <laughs> manufacturing hall and here's the men's room the ladies room and then there's a girl a, a unisex room the girls gym wait what was that <laughs> yeah the girls school or what? yeah it was in the hung uh, the baby changing station and the uh martin electro furnace which is awesome these are going to be if you need help cutting these out, these yeah, look well, like these look very worthwhile. Maybe don't cut them out until that burn building actually gets gutted. Yeah, maybe. But maybe. Now, fascinatingly, there is a one more sheet of overlays. Oh wow! It says these overlays are based on data released after the original Red Barricades game was published. They're an attempt to make the Red Barricades geographic area even more accurate to its appearance during the battle. Ah. Use the hex coordinates printed on the overlays as a guide for positioning. You may, at your discretion, use them to alter the game map. Keep in mind, such use may alter the balance or affect the victory conditions of some scenarios or campaign games. Well, no. Then, then no. you shouldn't, right? Right. But I don't know. Cause it would not going to mess with that. Maybe it would change the line of sights or something. I mean, I'll uh, if it's to my advantage, I'll use them. Oh, <laughs> Otherwise, no. The Kretz House, the Apothecary, I remember that. The Red House. I remember the Apothecary, right. There was a theater. I didn't know that. XRB4. Oh, no, that's just the name of it. Yeah, Rivera Kids 4. So anyway, there's updated historically accurate. I'm surprised in this day and age of, you know, the age of 3D printing and all the wonderful stuff that can be done, why they don't pre-cut these. Oh, yeah overlays because that it, it really is a pain to cut these out you think oh i got five minutes i'll do that no you're going to need more time than that but anyway so yeah that's like six sheets of overlays then what oh Dave well, is reaching for know. the map how do we want to tackle this he's just, reaching for the map just look at a couple of these which map i don't know let's get them all out Okay, we're going to do uh, an, yeah, a see. simultaneous unfolding. And so how many map sheets? There's four map sheets here. Four of these puppies. I think I've got Red October. Um, I think I have Red October. Oh, wait a minute. You can't no. both have Red October. Yes, we can. Oh, we could, yes, because there's two for Red October. I, this, I think this is Red October. I think you're right. We go like this. Anyway, these are very nice map. High quality paper, glossy, glossy on both sides. Looks like it'll hold up quite well. Uh, RORB oh, yeah, in the corner. Well, this is embarrassing. What are the names of your buildings? I've got the manufacturing hall is in the center. The Martin Electro Furnace. Let's see uh, the gun hall. See this long one. This is the gun construction hall. Have you got the other uh, end of that? You have uh, red barricades. Oh, I do. Yep. Half of it. 
So I have the new one, and they do fit the colors match, of course, as promised. Look at all these oil res reservoirs. Oh, yeah. Oil tank They're not things. as much fun as they look. No, I don't think they blow up well. They look like no, they're they already don't. gutted and fat. Oh, okay. See, that's what this lighter gray is, is yes. where the roof has collapsed ah, right. on various buildings. So when they're gutted, totally, there's no roof left. You lay that over, those overlays. Or as I used to call them, the layovers. <laughs> the layovers. Hey, there's a train track with a bridge running in here along Hex AA. Of course, to the factories, and then a lot of wooden buildings up here to the... I don't know what direction this is, but I wonder if these were workers' homes or like a regular little suburb going down. Lots of rubble. Lots of rubble. Lots of rubble hexes and bombed out, as you would expect, a lot of bombed out hexes, bombed out roads. Oh, yeah, and then... Oh, and this awesome little... Look at that. I've what never, is it? That had to be it. on the original map. This uh, tunnel. Oh, yeah, the culvert. There's a counter. Oh, is that, is that what yeah, they're they calling it? Yeah, they actually have a counter that came with it. Oh, they do? Okay. You can lay to say if you're, like, in the culvert. Right. Oh, is yeah. that right? Yeah, so oh, that was yeah. a unique feature to Red Barricades. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so awesome. Again, now that it is a lot of rubble, and I forgot. Yeah, and debris. look at that. And debris, right? And the rubble looks better. I like the rubble art better on this yeah. now. Than the old rubble art. Yeah, it'd be interesting and to look at the old map and see how they compare. Okay, where's my other map? Here. Well, I was not going to do it. It's the oh. other red barricades. Oh, okay, yeah. Here's the other red October oh, one. Oh, it's beautiful. It's gigantic. My so, again, gosh. it finishes the factories in the center. And there's this weird thing here, I notice. Looks like a dump. It's called... There's a school down here. And then... Uh, Putting the lettering to the north, the uh, bottom is a slag heap. Oh, okay. Or to the right. Yeah, slag. By the river. A slag heap. It's slag. Okay. What is that? What is slag again? Do you know? Slag is uh, leftover material from various machining operations. They just... Wow. It's it's like five, six hexes across. Yeah. And it's, it's just a, like used metal. And... Two levels high. Wow. And parts of its debris and then the rest that looks like it might be treated as rubble we'll have to check out the rules they put you, there's rules for this yep last item all right how many pages you think you got there well it says oh the back you have your rosters for campaign games mm-hmm a little and bookkeeping needed there. Credits, Charlie Kibler. Oh, and lots of the old names for the Red Barricades part. 33, 33 pages. Okay. Break out your binders. I think they've yeah. got a sale on binders this week at Office Depot. <laughs> they do. And footnotes, as usual. Looks like foot and a half notes. I thought there were some new terrain types. Should I just flip through this and not hand you part of it? Yeah, that's fine. The first part of this, well, we can, you know, you have your debris, railway embankment, printed rubble, wide boulevards, the factories, the cellars, the culvert. Rule oh, the culvert, this, yeah. Gully entrance, hexide storage tanks, temporary warehouses. There's the new stuff, I think. Nine and ten. And then the campaign game rules. So if we just jump... Because the rest of this people got with red barricades. 
uh, the rules for storage tanks and mm. temporary warehouses. And I thought storage tanks were already done in another scenario. Yeah, they were. Or game system. Yeah. yeah. Historical system. Right. So I think temporary warehouses is new. Any hex on the Red October map contain two brown parallel structures as a temporary warehouse hex. Temporary warehouses are wooden, multi-hex buildings. They have ground level only and are one level obstacle. Uh, they have uh, no cellar. They do have a rooftop at level one. And it gets a neg one for rubble creation. So it's easier to create rubble on those buildings. And then the rest of the rules go into the campaign games, etc., etc. So, and that's okay. all we got in and that box. Red Factories is still available for $164 on the MMP website. But if you want to be smart, go to Ritterkrieg.com. Absolutely. And get it from there, and you get free shipping and a lot of other perks. Indeed. For one... Mr. Ritter is a swell guy, and he runs a great website, and there's lots of stuff on there besides just these modules and historical modules and starter kits and stuff. He's got products there, other gaming products, and he's a friend of ours, so please go to RitterCreek.com. Mm-hmm. So this, is, uh, this Red Factory is a p- pretty big undertaking, Dave, do you think we'll do it? Gigantic. No, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't think I think I I will do it at some point. I don't know if you'll ever come along on that big of a... Would you again? Uh, honestly. Yeah, you know, if I could work less, I would. Yes, that's what you it know, would You know, for take. the work. I, I just have a very busy schedule still in my computer business. And if it gets to a point where I'm doing less of that, then I, I absolutely would. Yeah. So for now, you might stick with the... Uh, the Winter offensive stuff. packs. Yes. Five and I a half turn scenario. Yep, that's looking really good to me right Finish now. Finish in three hours. Yeah. Boom, bada bing, bada bing. Got a yep. winner. In and out. And so. I'll be at Rich's house this weekend doing a replay of the last scenario that we oh, played. We're right. going to switch sides and see how that goes. Right. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be excellent. Yeah. Sir. And what have you got coming up next for your uh, next scenario? Don't know. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh, you kind of just if, freewheeling. If I could get Timon in finish those um swedes oh yes right and uh hungarian scenarios with mike then you and i need to pick something juicy i think we're talking about the w- do you want to do the winter offensive, offensive packs? packs that'll be fine you know that'd be good so all right well i guess that's a show then i think yep. we've done enough damage for one day so we appreciate everybody we t- every one of you we appreciate you. Yep, we'll still have to do a little box art review on that. Oh, right. Red, uh, That'll be next factories, show. So yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. And Dave is going to Greece, so Dave, I hope you have well, a great trip. Yep. I'll or be back by the time be, this airs. That's but, right. Yeah. Right. So looking forward to hearing all about that. I wonder if you're going to see so many World War II not too sites many. of any kind. No, we're not going to go to Crete. Okay. Where the Germans landed. And, yeah. I mean, there probably will be some stuff. Yeah. I should look into that history for those regions. Yeah. That I'll be in. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Very small. It's only like four days of touring. Oh, after right. After our distribution week. Okay. So, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Remember to roll low. Roll low indeed. And rally good. Very good. But, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. 
you're going to learn to dance the sirataki and break all the plates. And... Sirataki? Yeah, that's that dance they do where they snap their fingers and they kick their legs. No, that's... Be plain... Admiral Sirataki. No. That's Admiral called the Sirataki. No, Admiral Sirataki was from Japan in World War II. Well, he, I think he was half Greek. A lot of people don't know that. He celebrated Greek Easter. <laughs>